It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and your wallet. I hope you learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website. ClarkDeals.com is where you go to save money each and every day. So my goal is to give you the best advice I can each and every day. There are times, though, that you feel like the advice I've given is off the mark. So for that reason, we have at ClarkStinks at Clark.com where you can let me know where you feel I missed the mark. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. All right, and, and right now, yes. Krista is going to share with you some of the <laughs> items posted on Clark Stinks where people share where they feel, I'm just plain dumb, so right? So that was a response to a Clark Stinks. If you, you notice, Clark sounded a little different today in the beginning of Clark Stinks, just a little because somebody complained that you say the same thing. To well, this is the second Stinks. time somebody said that. I run on at the mouth too much, too long. No, they just before we get sounds, into Clark Stinks. That's okay. All right. No, I'm, I mean that's a valid criticism because my wife says you can just put me in a corner <laughs> and I could talk to the wall for five hours, which is a funny story. Earlier, many many years ago, <laughs> I got to tell the story. Okay, I won't tell the story. No, tell it. Tell no, it. Tell no, it, please. no, please tell it. Tell it. So. Many years ago, much earlier in my radio career, I was doing local radio, and there was a storm. And we had a computer crash, and I could not take phone calls, and we couldn't run commercials. And I had to stay on the air literally for five hours just talking. And I was able to do it without (laughs) breaking a sweat. What does that say about me? You have a natural talent. Okay, on a recent Clark Stinks, a listener lamented a Windows 10 upgrade had gone awry. She said that she upgraded based on Clark's advice that she should get it before the August 2016 deadline to avoid having to pay for it later. The slightly stinky part, and it didn't sound like Clark was aware of this, is that we now know that the free upgrade period never really ended. I don't think anyone outside of Microsoft knew this at the time Clark gave his original recommendation, so he gets a pass on that. But since then, it's become a poorly kept secret that if you have a valid and activated Windows 7 or 8 license on your computer, you can do an in-place upgrade using Windows 10 installation media, and you'll get the same digital entitlement license as before the deadline. I appreciate that. Thank you. And I'm again, I'm sorry that my recommendation to do the upgrade, or I, I hate that term upgrade for something, actually turned out to be a downgrade in our poster's life before. Apple Care Plus for iPhone X? Really? Maybe I'm missing something here, but why spend nearly $230 for Apple Care Plus and deductible if the screen gets damaged for the iPhone X? We can spend no more than $30 for a nice case and a tempered screen protector. The first thing I do when I purchase any phone is to buy a case and a tempered screen protector along with it, usually online for better deals. And, you know, a lot of people go around with their smartphones without any protection on them because they want to show off what phone they have. The best thing you can do is get the toughest OtterBox or equivalent possible for whatever phone you have i have on my phone a um, very unattractive case that i got on ebay i've got a chinese smartphone and i mean come on this is a hideous looking case but i've dropped my phone frequently nothing happens to it 
Chris has the same Chinese phone that I do, and you got some cutesy case that's never going to protect your phone? I have No, what I have, though, this is, is I always get now. the tempered glass screen covers, and those are amazing because I have cracked the glass on them, and the cl- glass underneath does not crack. They're awesome, and they're cheap on eBay and on, on Amazon, wherever. So, but yeah, I don't want an OtterBox. A missed opportunity. Okay, I'm going to say it. Mr. Howard. Oh, really? Yes. On the November 13th podcast, Charles asked about the level of income for switching from a Roth 401k to a traditional 401k. That was your chance to share the money-saving opportunity of a traditional for parents thanks to the child tax credit. And yes, I agree that this could all change with the potential new tax code next year. Martin. Martin, I appreciate that. You know... When I start getting into things involving the tax code, it's it twists me into a pretzel. And for now, what I'd like to do is punt on advice about that till we see what ultimately ends up on the president's desk. Clark, I wouldn't say you stink, but I was quite disappointed about the advice you gave a caller to keep a trash bag in his pocket just in case he had to ditch his mini suitcase because the airline might not accept it as a carry-on. What happened to save more, spend less, and avoid getting ripped off? Clark, a penny saved is a penny earned. Even though the bag only costs $29, that is money the buyer will have to spend to replace the bag. Clark, how about put the trash bag or a department store bag over the suitcase? This will hide the identity of the bag and prevent the airline employees from snooping and save the guy 30 minutes from being hassled over in his mini, over his mini suitcase. <laughs> Think through what an amazing era we're in that the airlines have become so hostile to their passengers, to their customers, that we have to talk about having a trash bag in the first place to put your possessions in. And I only came up with that idea because I saw three women at a gate for a flight that their carry-ons were not allowed on scrambling they went to a store there they were able to get trash bags at the store that the store person gave them and they put their possessions in there and then they walked on like santa with a sack over their shoulders i saw it with my own eyes and couldn't believe it and the (laughs) dumb thing is i didn't tape it with my phone because that would have been so good on Mm clark.com Clark, recently you stated that the new Wi-Fi WPA2 vulnerability was in routers or hotspots. This is not correct. The vulnerability is on the client side, such as your PC, phone, tablet, or even web-enabled appliances. Update your devices as soon as the updates are available, and you will be fine. If you have an unsupported device like many Androids, you could use use a VPN or simply turn off your Wi-Fi. Using the hotspot from your phone isn't a solution since the hotspot connection is creating a Wi-Fi network. As you probably already know, Apple devices have limited vulnerability to this due to a different implementation of the four-way handshake while initiating communication. Clark, you don't stink, but often your tech advice smells like a burnt circuit board. Jeff in Tennessee. Thank you, Jeff. I'm going to let that one stand as it is. And then, Jeff, I'll tell you, there will be people that will respond to your post and say, no, Jeff, this is what you should have said and this is what you should have thought about. On your November 9th show, a caller discussed with you an unnamed retailer who refused to refund some gift cards relating to the granny scam. You and the caller discussed how the retailer may not be around much longer. 
Don't you think it would benefit your listeners to state the name of the retailer so others don't purchase gift cards for legitimate purposes instead of coyly referring to that retailer? You're doing us a disservice. So, at the time, I was trying to decide if I should say that it was Sears. And I didn't say it was Sears because I hadn't verified the the information that it was actually a Sears store. I don't like to name something unverified when something's not a monopoly or the government. And so now that we know that it was Sears, in fact, and we have revisited this story as well on the air, it is now something that was stated. So that's why at the time I didn't say that it was Sears. So, but in general, why don't we name companies? It's probably good. No, that, that's what I just said. Yeah. We don't name companies if we haven't been able to verify. Right. And so that's why. But if they're a monopoly, like a cable monopoly, or they're a phone monopoly, or something like that, or government, when they're a monopoly enterprise, their reputation is insignificant and unimportant. And that's why you can name something like that unverified, but otherwise, no brand names. Clark, although the intent is nice, please stop giving today-only deals. Your podcasts don't always air the same day, so they are of no value to your listeners. Instead, remind us to go to Clark Deals, the Clark Deals site and be done with it. Stay cheap, Craig. Craig, thank you. This is something we've talked about a lot, is that the radio broadcast that the podcast is based on is heard same day everywhere, but people listen to the podcast when it's convenient for them and occasionally there will be a deal we talk about in the radio show that you will not listen to the podcast in a timely basis and the deals are available on the podcast same day but people tend to listen to the podcast on a delayed basis and so that what you said i'd say the the right answer is to say we have these deals but by the time you hear it, they may not be available anymore. And that's why Clark Deals is there with up-to-the-minute bargains and prices. And sign up for the Clark Deals free newsletter, because then you always get them in your inbox. I signed up for Credit Karma before freezing my credit, and you stated that if you have a credit card before doing this, that way, this way they can look up your credit score without unfreezing your credit. Wrong. I had this credit card for years, wanted to increase my credit limit so I could dump some of my other credit cards. I received a letter saying they couldn't grant the increase because I had a freeze. I would have to unfreeze my credit for them to consider. Okay, you got so many things tied up in one thought there. First of all, what I've said is you set up Credit Karma or Credit Sesame before you freeze your credit so that they can do their job because once you have those dashboards open, even once your credit's frozen, they can check your credit. In addition, whatever financial institution issues your credit card, which is not what I was talking about with why you set up the Credit Karma or Credit Sesame, an existing line of credit has the right to check your credit even when your credit's frozen. And most credit issuers do so monthly. So I'm completely puzzled why whoever issues that credit card to you says they can't evaluate a credit limit increase because your credit's frozen because that is not how the system works. 
Danger and liability only for a teen car. When purchasing a new car, one often rests on complimentary coverage for up to 30 days. However, it's usually extended at the lowest coverage of owned vehicles. If a parent chooses to cover their teen's car with liability only, they should be aware that liability is the only coverage that will automatically apply to a new purchase until they bind a more comprehensive coverage. Get hit by an uninsured driver during that grace period and there will be no collision coverage. So... I guess this varies by insurer, but with my auto insurer, you have to uh, register your new vehicle with them before you can actually take delivery of the vehicle. You know, a lot of people historically did these binders, and I don't recommend that. You want to go ahead and have the VIN number and underwrite a vehicle with your auto insurer before you drive off the lot of the dealer selling you that vehicle. And I appreciate all your posts. It really helps me to understand that I need to speak more clearly many times when I'm on the air. Go to Clark.com, go to Clark Stinks, and please guide me to serve you better. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at Clark.com. And producer Joel asks the question for you. That's You're right. the one with the radio voice, not me. I don't know about that, but I will ask Doug's question. He wants to know, he says, you advocate using a dedicated Chromebook for financial transactions on the internet. Do the lower cost Chromebooks have enough memory to load financial programs like Quicken? Well, you don't actually download a program. You access it at the websites.com when you use a Chromebook. It's one of the reasons they're extra safe is you don't have information hosted on the Chromebook. But as far as memory for the financial computer I use, I bought the cheapest rock gut Chromebook I could get, and it has the absolute minimum, which is two gigabytes. But for one that I use when I travel and I use for, uh, for my life, the separate one, you can't get by with two, and so I use one with four. But for the financial one, because it's so linear the way you use it and only using it for that purpose, really any Chromebook will do. And right now a lot of them are pricing out, even brand new, at $100. All right, David wants to know, there are some banks offering a 250 or $500 bonus to open a bank account with them with a minimum deposit and sometimes direct deposit of your paycheck. Is there any catch to these offers? Well, the catch is you usually have to have the account open for a period of months. Most often it'll be three to six months. And they try to get you to move your direct deposit of your payroll because most people, once they've done that, just stick with whatever it is. If you are someone who's really keen on picking up bribe money, is it's so silly what the banks are doing. If they offered good service, they wouldn't have to pay these bribes. And you can pick up $500 from a bank or 250 or whatever, do it. And just be prepared to do the paperwork. Set it on your calendar, electronic or paper one, and do the paperwork to can that bank as soon as you've met that time commitment the banks that are offering these bounties tend to be the same giant monster mega banks that specialize in offering hard-hearted, ridiculously terrible customer no service. 
Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website, and you can follow me, Facebook.com slash Clark Howard. We got to talk. This is something that I've done two TV stories on of late, and it came up on our show on radio Oh, probably six months ago. It has to do with how often now, when you're dealing with a salesperson or someone at a counter somewhere or something, there's no more paper contract that you sign. They'll just put a tablet in front of you and say, initial here, sign here, initial there, on and on. Well, there are legitimate businesses doing it. And even a legitimate business, you may not realize that you are agreeing to a contract, all the terms and conditions in that contract with your signature. And remember, they're just saying, okay, initial here, sign here, sign here. You're not looking at the actual copy. Now, often with a contract, you're not really doing anything other than glancing at it anyway if it's in paper form. But what's worse is with the tablets, you're not even aware that what you're initialing and signing is the contract. And it's working so effectively that, as I presented on television, the creepy, sleazy businesses or con artists are ripping people off calling what people are signing, especially maybe for work at your home or something like that, saying you're just authorizing a work order or some kind of language like that. And what you're often signing is an unbelievably horrific, one-sided, rip-off contract. Now, let me tell you, an industry that is doing this to perfection And that's the burglar alarm industry. Now, there are perfectly legitimate, decent, honest people in the home security business. Unfortunately, it's an industry that is infested with vermin as well. There are people in it who are sociopaths at best. And they will get you to sign one of those tablets. And before you know it, you have entered into a contract that obligates you for years and years at massive costs per month. But it's not just going to be the sleazy players. And remember, I said there are plenty of decent people in the home security business. But there are the scum. And you need to be aware of that. But it's not just them. It could be a quote-unquote home improvement contractor who gets you to initial here and initial here and sign there. And before you know it, you've entered into something completely different than what he or she told you. When you're entering into something to have any work done at your home, you must sit there And I don't care how long the salesperson has to cool his or her heels. 
Go fix them a cup of coffee and tell them just to cool their heels. While you actually take time to read what it is that you're going to be initialing and signing. And what you'll find over and over again when somebody's trying to sweet talk you and rush you through initialing and signing, they're trying to get you to agree to absolute ugliness. Know that this is the latest way that people are taking advantage. Whoever knew that an iPad or Android tablet could cause so much heartache to people and their wallets. But be aware, be wary, be skeptical, and be careful. I should have played something, one of our sounders, shouldn't I? Should have played a ripoff alert or something like that. But you get the point. Andy's with us. Hello, Andy. Hey there. What's going on, Andy? Hey, thanks for taking the call. Certainly. So, uh, girlfriend has uh, her wedding ring um, from her previous marriage, and she's wanting to sell it and try to figure out the best way to get the most value. Um, she has a an appraisal that was, I think, from maybe a few years ago. So I think she's going to get a, a more updated, just to make sure that it, the value is, you know, it's probably higher than what it was before. But I had looked on your site, and uh, I found one article, but it was an older article, so I just wanted to know if, if I had the, the most current advice from you. <laughs> okay, so that site, I will name it, uh, or you can name it. I do, now I don't. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. All right, so I need to lay something out to you, just fact, okay? Jewelry brings very little value secondhand. So the appraisal that your fiancé has is not a real indication of what you'll be able to get for it. Okay. So jewelry holds a very low value to the second buyer than it holds to the first buyer. So that's the advantage of a site like this is that that hopefully bridges some of that gap that a buyer would be getting an incredible deal compared to buying a wedding ring new. And at the same time, she's getting a lot more money for that ring than she would otherwise. Now, the other strategy that people have done for a long, long time is to try to sell at pawn shops. Yeah, uh, it looked like it looked it looked like that site. Um, there was an, an advantage to the they they seem to have a lower commission than the, the pawn shops. And you know, I guess the I guess the other thing was that at her local pawn shop, I guess she couldn't draw from as as broad uh, a market of of purchasers. So. Yeah, and if it's if it's a high end, there are now pawn shops that are in higher-end neighborhoods, but it tends to be, if she's got a, a really fine piece of jewelry there, Yeah, she's not going to get the kind of money having it in most pawn shops that she might get online from something like, I do now, I don't. Yeah, and so here's, here's the thing, too. So uh, she's in a really remote area. She actually lives in a different location from me, and so... Um, you know, this is the thing is talking to the 
pawn shops that are near her. I mean, you know, it's just it's such a limited pool. Yeah, so um, I think I think trying to sell it online sounds like a great idea. Okay. And the other thing I'll mention too is the value <laughs> the value of this ring, it's a pretty high value. And so the amount that was suggested by the her local pawn shop was I mean, it was barely a, a drop compared to the, you know, the appraisal. And so um so anyway, it sounds that like was a line in an '80s movie. Uh-huh. Uh, the guy goes to a pawn shop. It was um, Dan Aykroyd, I guess, and he goes with this watch that's one of those incredibly expensive Swiss watches. And the guy at the pawn shop says, "In Philadelphia, it's worth fifty bucks." I mean, that's the problem you have is that <laughs> selling something that may be of great value. So, can I suggest a possible alternative? Could a, a, jewel, a jewelry craftsman turn it into a um, different design using the value of that that's innate in that piece of jewelry, turn mm. it into something that would be a nice piece of jewelry for her to wear? Mm. Well, so here's the situation. She's, she's, uh, she's in school. She'll be starting nursing school um, over the next couple of years, and she's not going to be able to work as much. and. So she has other expenses as well. She's saying this is a way to cover some living expenses. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And it's going to be, yeah. But if she she runs into a dead end online, you know, that it's really even online, she's not going to get decent value for it. That's Uh the point at which you punt and you hold on to it when she finishes nursing school. Maybe at that point she gets it worked on by an expert jeweler to turn into something else. I see. Okay, and one other question. So what about um, as far as going to like a Hellsberg Diamonds or a, you know, like a... Like yeah, a going major... to any jewelry chain store. Again, they are only, a lot of times it'll be local jewelers that will buy used jewelry from you more than okay. the chains. But doing that, um, you're just, they're not going to give you a lot of value. Because again, any jewelry wholesale that's a that excuse the expression used piece of jewelry Mm. brings very little value okay so diamonds on the other hand you know a diamond taken out of a mount is the value that a diamond would be at wholesale that is a whole different thing because a diamond's a diamond and it just goes in a new mount and that happens all the time and Tim is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Tim. Hey, Clark. How are you doing today? Great. Thank you, Tim. You have some technology suggestions for your fellow listeners on the security front. Is that right? Well, uh, yeah. It's uh, just some uh, an app that I use uh, for, for two-factor authentication. Um, for for the longest time, two factor authentication. You know, I absolutely, and on your show, you recommend two factor authentication, and everyone recommends that. But um, the, you know, most websites now are using the uh, the text message, which if you do do a little reading and research, you find out that they're not the most. Uh, yeah, if somebody if somebody's really determined to get into your account, two factor authentication based on a one time use text code is not secure. Yeah, and the, the spoofing that they're doing now with phones and cell towers, and you know, this is a horror story to hear about it. So, so you I have something you think up. works better? Uh, well, I use uh, Authenticator apps now, and uh, um, I've used one from 
uh, you know, a large uh, internet provider and then also an, an independent one. And they both work well. Uh, one has more. Share with your fellow listener how that plays out, how that works. Well, you you uh, go on to whatever website you're going to use, and uh, you select two-factor authentication, and you see if they can use an authenticator app. Um, and if they have an authenticator app, you can download one from the uh, from the uh, from the app, uh, Apple Web Store or uh, Apple App Store or the uh, Google Play Store. Um, you'll be presented with a, a QR code, and you take a picture of your uh, that QR code with your phone. And essentially, that's—I mean, I think the, the untechnical term is a seed. It plants a seed in your phone that matches a seed at that website. And uh, so, if somebody, uh, even if somebody intercepts the text, they're not going to be able to get in the account, as an example, because they wouldn't have that QR code. They well, they wouldn't have the seed because the seed. What happens with the seed when it's planted on both sides? Then it gets hashed and hashed and hashed and hashed and hashed again. Uh, I mean, I think someone with uh, you know, like a, you know, someone who knows uh, encryption technology, uh, encryption algorithms, would be able to explain it better. But you end up with uh, an extremely long code between the two systems. And what happens from that point on when you go to log into the system, um, the website and your phone now simultaneously generate a code. Oh, so you don't have to do the text message or anything like that. No. It's based on the fact that it's already embedded in your phone, Mm -hmm. that you have put this QR code on it. Right. And and it's cumulative, and they keep matching up. Yes. So as you're, uh, you know, the code is there for maybe 15 seconds, that times out, and then generates a new code. And that code on your phone matches the code at the website, has to match the code at the website, or you don't get in. So there's no transfer uh, between the two. And the encryption is such that even if someone was speaking over your shoulder and saw what, you know, the last the last code you used, they, you know, they wouldn't be able to, uh, they wouldn't be able to then guess the next code due to the encryption. All right, so Tim, now I understand all that. So then let's go back a step. You talked about downloading at Google Play or, and for the Apple phones and the Apple Store. So what I don't understand is how do I know if a financial institution I do business with or someone like that is participating in one of these systems? Well, I, sometimes it's not completely obvious when you sign up, and you do have to do, you have to drill into a little bit, even with, uh, with Google, uh, your Google account, you have to drill into it a little bit, into two-factor authentication, and you can see several different options there for it, whether you want to use a text message, whether you want to use Google Prompt, or whether you want, you want to use an authenticator app. Um, I got it. I got it. So when we're when we're presented with two factor authentication, that's when we very well might see options at a site that would give us the ability to do something that's more robust as a method of keeping crooks out of our accounts. Correct. Yes, correct. Oh, I appreciate this so much. You know, no one has ever mentioned this before, Tim. And I really appreciate you taking time to suggest this. And it's something I'm going to look for on the accounts that I access to see if I have the ability to put in a more robust two-factor authentication. 
It's time for Ask Clark. That's where producer Joel will ask a question that you have posted for me on Clark.com. Clark Maria wants to know, I have had Amica car insurance for 10 years now. I've never had a claim, and I have a perfect driving record. But I hear companies are giving rewards and discounts for safe driving. My rates have never gone down. Is it time for me to look for another insurance company? Well, you know, the deal with Amica is it's a mutual. You own the place. And you know that check you get each year when Amica has lower claims than what they've anticipated? That's the way it works, is that you're all in it together. And that's something that you're not going to generally see from an auto insurer. So that's why I would say that Amica, what it's really there for is when your great driving has a bump in the road and you end up in an accident or whatever, that's why Amica is so wonderful, is when something does go wrong, they're just about the best there is. All right, Tom wants to know, your expertise, Clark, what's the best deal to get on men's razor blades? (laughs) Well, we did this test through our extended staff on radio, TV, and the web, and we tried this razor that people keep raving about that sold at Dollar Tree, that's two for two for a dollar fifty cents each. It's like a five blade razor. I didn't like it that much. I gave it a B, but overwhelmingly with the crew, they gave it an A. So fifty cents a razor that can last you months and months. That sounds like a deal to me. You're listening to the Clark Howard Show. I appreciate you spending part of your day with us here on the Clark Howard Show. I want you to know that if you need consumer advice, we're here to serve you off-air for free, nine hours a day. If you go to Clark.com and go down the home screen, you'll see a section, Consumer Help and Tools. Click on Consumer Action Center, and you can get that free off-the-air advice. 